The year was 1994, and already the music world was anticipating the anniversary of an historic and groundbreaking institution, the Bach Choir of Bethlehem. Dr. Perry Jones prepared an article for the Choral Journal featuring highlights of the history of music in the Lehigh Valley to bring to light the roots of this august organization. So many of the events he cites took place at this very time of year. He tells the much-loved story of the naming of what would become Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the handwritten pages of the Bethlehem Diary of June 1742 refer to a Zingstunde, a service combining music and devotion. On Christmas Eve 1741, Count Zinzendorf called the small group of Moravian and Bohemian settlers to the first log house built there. He led the singing of the Epiphany hymn, which included the words, Not Jerusalem, rather Bethlehem gave us that which maketh life rich, not Jerusalem. By general consent of the settlers, the name Bethlehem, the ancient town of David, was adopted for their settlement. On Christmas Day, 1743, instruments arrived from Europe and were played for the first time in the church service. He continues and tells us more about something that took place this very week. Yesterday, in fact, in 1898. On December 5th, 1898, with J. Frederick Wally's Moravian Church Choir as a nucleus, a choir of approximately 80 singers was formed for the purpose of performing Bach's B minor Mass. He tells us the founding of the Bach Choir of Bethlehem took place, born from the rich cultural heritage of the Moravian townspeople, whose musical pioneer spirit had been inspired by Wally's determination and enthusiasm. In the fall of 1898, he continues a group of Moravian citizens, led by Ruth Porter Doster, organized club meetings in private homes to sting, sing, and study the works of Bach. They asked Wally to teach and direct them and to reconsider plans for a performance of the forbidding Mass in B minor. To this he agreed, but only on the condition that no performance date be set without his approval. He wrote a public letter in which he stated the demands to be made of the chorus, the mass, he said, will yield to nothing short of complete surrender of the singer's time, industry, and passion. Not only did the Bach Choir of Bethlehem premiere the mass in B minor in the States, but the Christmas Oratorio as well.
the Bach Choir of Bethlehem is pleased to announce that the performance of the Christmas Oratorio Parts 1, 2, and 3 this coming weekend will be both in-person and live-streamed. We had a chance to speak with music director and conductor Greg Fumfgeld about the history of this work and the Bach Choir. We're very excited to be doing the first three parts of the Christmas Oratorio for our Christmas concerts next weekend. And the Bach Choir of Bethlehem gave the first performance of the Christmas Oratorio in the United States back in 1901, the year after we gave the first performance of the Mass in B minor in the United States. So it's been part of Christmas in Bethlehem for 122 years, I guess we could say. So we're always excited. And the choir actually repeated it in December of 1904. And I wanted to share with you There was a report on this performance. They had a kind of a Christmas festival, but one of the reports on the festival said this, no other community in the United States probably could celebrate the nativity as Bethlehem, Pennsylvania celebrated it last week. On Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Bach's cheerful and moving Christmas oratorio interspersed with other compositions by Bach, including the stirring five-part Magnificat, and the wonderful unaccompanied eight-part motet, Sing Ye to the Lord, was given in the Moravian Church. The chorus consisted of the Bach Choir, a musical institution of which the whole country has reason to be proud, composed of voices from Bethlehem and neighboring towns. So that was one first-hand report of the performance in 1904. And the history continues, and you make it new. You have roots in that tradition, but each of these performances, they're not from the dusty old museum. This will be music that speaks to us today every bit as much as it spoke to those folks. Absolutely, and, and we're, we're, I think, even more in need of this music and this message now than, than maybe we've ever been before in our lives and, and in the world. You know, there's just so much heartache and, and discouragement and rancor and and all kinds of things going on in our world and when you hear the christmas oratorio the opening chorus with the trumpets and timpani and the pastoral symphony with the four oboes and flutes the shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night and the just the beauty of all of these arias the endless variety that bach achieves with the instruments in the orchestra the harmonic and melodic and rhythmic invention it's an extraordinary thing and And it's a very deep spiritual gift to all of us. It's a gift of hope and peace and, you know, something better is coming down the the road for us. So I think this music is more important now than ever. And talk to us, please, about what was going on for Bach at the time as a professional who was creating church music. What was going on and what was the need for this? Why did he write this and how does it go together? It's enormous. Well, you know, the Christmas uh, celebration in in the Leipzig churches was a three-day affair. There was the first Christmas day, then the first day of Christmas, the second day of Christmas, and the third day of Christmas. So those three days, December 25, 26, and 27, were all occasions of high worship and jubilant music. I mean, this was not a kind of once-and-done thing where you went to church on Christmas Eve, maybe, or Christmas morning. This was a three-day commitment, and so the churches and the musicians were, were really busy engaging in, in this glorious music. 
and Bach, of course, had written a number of amazing Christmas cantatas, Cantata 63, Christen Etzit Diesen Tag, Cantata 110, Unser Mund sei vor Lachens, the Magnificat, of course, in its two versions, in E-flat and then in D major. And, and then he turned his attention to the Christmas Oratorio, and there are six parts in all. Parts four, five, and six came for New Year's Day and um, the Feast of the Epiphany. So the music went on a few days later in just amazing creative output. But it was a high holy day, and the churches were filled, and the congregations were jubilant, and the music was extraordinary. You know, if you can imagine what it must have been like to hear this music for the first time in those churches back in the day, it's just an extraordinary thing to, to ponder. So we're very excited to continue that and to bring it. And as you say, um, every time we come to this music, we try to come with fresh eyes and fresh ears. And, you know, we have such wonderful musicians in our orchestra and a tremendous quartet of soloists. So we're, we're very excited, and we really hope your listeners will, will come and join us, or they can experience it virtually. The Bethlehem concert on Sunday, December 12, is being offered live at the First Presbyterian Church in Bethlehem, but at the same time, it will be offered virtually. And for people who purchase the virtual option, they can watch it up to five times between December 12 and December 26, so they can go back to it and enjoy it with family and friends, and we're very excited about that. And, and we've had people sign up for it from as far away as California and as you know, near as you know, around the corner and down the street. So we're, we're pleased to be able to offer that virtual option as well. Well, it's a wonderful gift you all give to us, and I just ask you about soloists. Agnes Zygovitz, and Agnes has been here many times. She's a wonderful young soprano. Very, very gifted. And then Danny Taylor, the countertenor, who has been a regular guest and is a great friend of the choir. And then Lawrence Jones is the tenor. Lawrence has been here now several times over the last few years, but he is just as extraordinary as the rest of them. And I love his approach to language. He, he loves the words. He sings the meanings of the words, not just the words, but he sings the meanings of the words. And then we had a last-minute substitution. Uh, Chris Nomura had to withdraw because of health. Nothing COVID-related, thank God. And Bill Sharp is coming. And, and Bill, in my mind, is one of the finest baritones in the country. And he sings Bach as if Bach wrote it just for him. I mean, and, and he is extraordinary. So this is a tremendously gifted, incredibly wonderful quartet. And it'll just be a joy to have them all here. Greg Fumfgeld, music director and conductor of the Bach Choir of Bethlehem and the Bach Festival Orchestra, speaking with us about this weekend's performances of the Christmas Oratorio by Bach, parts one, two, and three, in person and live streamed. In person, Saturday night at 8, December 11th, at the First Presbyterian Church of Allentown, 8 o'clock, Saturday, December 11th, in person only at the First Presbyterian Church of Allentown. And then again on Sunday, December 12th at 4 in the afternoon in Bethlehem at the First Presbyterian Church of Bethlehem in person and streamed online at bach.org, B-A-C-H dot org. The Christmas Oratorio, parts 1, 2, and 3 
and it is the Bach Choir of Bethlehem, the Bach Festival Orchestra, and the wonderful soloists Agnes Sigovitz, Daniel Taylor, Lawrence Jones, and William Sharp. And for more information on the web, bach.org, B-A-C-H dot org, B-A-C-H dot org.